I'm Dr. G, and for the past 10 years of my life, I've been passionate about all things holistic healing. I've been committed to healing myself and others from the inside out by incorporating some of the most effective modalities for healing the mental, the emotional, and the physical. I've learned that they give us the opportunity to be our most authentic and powerful selves. Heal Thyself is a show dedicated to just that. Today's show is going to be incredible, and I say it every week, of course I do, because it is incredible. Knowledge bombs of digestible information to empower and create clarity on what the highest version of us looks like. Product reviews to provide informed consent so you can buy the safest and best products out there. Better than the first two that I spoke about, and you're getting other B vitamins, which are energizing, right? Get off of it, throw it away. And special guest segments with some of the brightest and most elite minds in their field. So what is that like on my nervous system? Six hours of holding that emotion. Here's the earth, here's the mechanisms and mechanics of an earth when it breathes. We would think much different about that asthma patient that shows up. All to create change in all the parts that make you, you, so we can start healing ourselves and each other. Hello, everyone. Welcome to Heal Thyself, another episode. Thank you for joining the show. As always, taking the time out of your day. What a good show we have. I say it all the time, and you know that I mean it, and I do believe it. You're going to get a lot of good information coming out of here. Check this out on the Knowledge Bomb. You know, skincare isn't just about looking good, right? A lot of us want to look good, but it's not just about looking good. It's about nurturing your skin and being well-balanced from the inside out. And, you know, this world is flooded with a bunch of harsh chemicals that are really insulting our skin, our barrier. And you want something truly effective that is safe. Alitura is one of the best in the game. If you never heard of Alitura, you just think of, you might've seen some uh, black bottles with gold writing on it. It's one of the best. And they're always at health events and people are loving them. And they're quality. Alitura Naturals has crafted a serum that is not only safe, but also incredibly effective. Listen, a lot of you ask me where I get my glow from. This is a huge part of the equation. Their gold serum isn't just another skincare product. It's a testament to the power of natural healing and a commitment to holistic health. It uses organic ingredients like jojoba, olive, rosehip oils, and the gold serum is made organically with plant-derived vitamin A, not synthetic stuff, not that nasty stuff that you're getting in a lot of these over-the-counter products, GHKCU, and marine collagen to revitalize your skin. Alitura Naturals has been using the best ingredients in their products for years. They've been pioneering the path for what truly transformed skin should be. So if you're ready to take control of your skin health and experience the pinnacle of natural beauty, I highly recommend checking out Alituria Naturals. For a limited time, you, the Heal Thyself listener, will enjoy the exclusive discount, just the Heal Thyself discount, only for you. That's 20% off of this gold serum. Go to alitura.com and use the code DRG for 20% off. That's A-L-I-T-U-R-A.com and get that 20% discount. It's amazing stuff. I use it every night before bed and I'm telling you, I'm on fire with my skin in a good way. Check it out. All right, let's face it. With all the toxins we're exposed to nowadays with processed foods, pollutants, and even stress, our poor livers have been working overtime. If you've been feeling sluggish, bloated, or just overall rundown, it may be time to give your hardworking liver some extra love and support. That is where Organifi's liver detox comes in. This convenient little capsule contains a powerhouse blend of clinically studied superfoods. This convenient little capsule contains a powerhouse blend of clinically studied superfood ingredients specifically designed to remove excess toxins and improve digestion, promote healthier energy levels, and just overall liver health. Now, one of the key ingredients is artichoke leaf extract, which has been clinically proven to help detoxify the liver and digestive tract. Then you got the all-star liver protector. You heard of it, milk thistle, an herb that has been used for centuries to give your liver a big old hug. That's not all. 
Organifi's liver detox also contains dandelion root, one of my favorite ones of all time, which is loaded with vitamins and minerals to promote healthy liver function and digestion. And finally, Trophalia, an ancient Ayurvedic formula packed with antioxidants that have been traditionally used as a powerful liver tonic, one of my favorite ones too. So whether you're dealing with sluggish digestion, low energy, or just want to give your body's main detox engine a little extra love, Organifi's Liver Detox has your back. Just take one to three capsules at any point during the day to start supporting your liver's natural detox pathways. All of us need to be supporting our liver. If you want to experience the energy boosting, liver supporting effects of this fantastic formula, head to OrganifiShop.com and use the code DRG for 20% off. That is O-R-G-A-N-I-F-I shop.com slash DRG. Talk about matcha all the benefits across the board. You heard me talk about matcha for so long, but we're going to give some updated studies up to 2021 to know why matcha is an essential, powerful, bang for the buck drink that we should be drinking every single day. And on the product review, I'll be going over all of the best and worst matcha companies out there. So you know which matcha companies are doing right by you and which ones to purchase that are going to have the most benefit for you overall. And we have a very special guest coming in, Dr. Asia Muhammad, all the way out of Missouri, is going to be calling in, and we're going to go over everything about gut health and liver health. And in our gut is where our health starts and ends. So we want to optimize that gut, and she's going to give us all the good tips. I have so many good questions coming up for her. So really, really excited. Thank you for joining the show, and let's jump into the Knowledge Bomb. All right, the matcha show for 20 21. If you know me, I am one of the biggest matcha cheerleaders out there. I'm a huge matcha fan. I'm the biggest green tea fan out there. So by now, if you have listened to my show, you heard me mention it before. I actually did a little review a few years ago about some of my favorite matchas. We're going to update that today. Um, but you hear me talk. And if you follow my work, you see some matcha posts out there. You hear me talk about it in stories. And it's because it's such a powerful medicine. And I say medicine because it has therapeutic properties across the board, and it has such wide-ranging benefits to our health. So matcha, to me, is a medicine, food that we can be taking in every single day. So I'm going to give you some good updates. So my goal for this knowledge bomb is that you hear all of the benefits of matcha, and then when you recommend it to a loved one, you don't have to recommend the podcast and go here, just listen. You can talk to them why. You can disseminate the information. You can empower people with your own knowledge now about what matcha does to the body. So real quick review, matcha is finely ground leaves of green tea. The word matcha literally means powdered tea. All right, so one cup of matcha is equivalent to about eight to 10 cups of green tea. And it's super important to understand because most of the research out there is on the benefits of green tea. But you'll see in those research studies that it's telling us that we need to drink about eight or more cups of green tea. To me, for many people, that's unrealistic, which is why I push matcha so much is because it's so beneficial and you only need one to two cups a day. So naturally, matcha is going to have more caffeine. It has about 65 milligrams per cup, where green tea has about 10 to 12. Now, here's the upside of matcha. It has about 30 milligrams of L-theanine, whereas green tea has 10. L-theanine is a super special amino acid, and it's awesome. And I know a lot of people who use this as their fundamental supplement, like in when I'm talking about what are your top five supplements, a lot of practitioners mention the importance of L-theanine. It's something that I use not every day, but often. Now, L-theanine is super important because it helps with brain focus, cognitive performance. It actually stimulates these brainwaves called alpha brainwaves, which means that you're relaxed, 
but you're hyper-focused at the same time, which is a really nice feeling, right? Because you can be doing work super focused, but your body's relaxed and not overall stressed. And that's the power of L-theanine. And it might be the reason why matcha doesn't really make you super jittery like coffee does, because coffee does not have that L-theanine in there. That's why coffee tends to disrupt people's sleep throughout the day, especially if you have it later, whereas matcha tends to not do the same. And it also has about 100 times more antioxidants. And those antioxidants are where you're going to see the therapeutic benefit of matcha. So let's talk a little bit about the benefits. Matcha has higher amounts of antioxidants than coffee. I just mentioned that. And it's in something called the catechins, EGCG in particular. These are flavanols found in matcha that are magic, right? It also has some calcium, iron, vitamin C, potassium. But those catechins in there are why our body is benefiting so much from the matcha. So randomized controlled trial found in the International Journal. They use a randomized placebo-controlled single-blinded study, right? They had 23 participants in four testing sessions. In each session, the participants consumed one of four test products, matcha tea, a matcha tea bar containing four grams of matcha powder, placebo tea, or a placebo tea bar. So after consuming the matcha compared to the placebo versions, there were mainly significant improvements in tasks measuring basic attention abilities and psychomotor speed in response to stimuli over a defined period of time. In other words, matcha sharpened your focus and these people's hand-to-eye speed, which is crazy, right? Because knowing that caffeine and L-theanine working together to optimize brain capacity or brain focus. It's just amazing to see how caffeine and L-theanine work together to provide these benefits. Now let's go into the catechin benefits of what it does to the body, those antioxidants. 2021 study, brand new study out of the journal called Molecules. What else do we know about the benefits of matcha? So they have a beautiful illustration, little cartoon of a guy standing and it, it's highlighting different parts of his body. And it says all the benefits of that we know of matcha up to date, based on these studies, and we can click on the studies, but it's amazing because we get to see what matcha does in different parts of the body. Now in the brain, matcha has some of the most pronounced effects. It increases the cognitive function, which I mentioned before in the study, but also memory, neuroprotection, meaning it's reducing inflammation in the brain and protecting those cells, decreasing stress in the brain, the oxidative stress, which causes the inflammation, decreasing aging in the brain, decreasing, very important, amyloid plaque production. If you have a history or family history of brain disease, particularly dementia, Alzheimer's, Parkinson's, matcha may be something that would be beneficial to take every single day to protect you in every single way. Super important for the brain. This is a quote from the authors from Molecule Magazine. Systemic inflammation induced by LPS, this is called lipopolysaccharide. It's a bacterial endotoxin that plays a key role in neurodegenerative disease. EGCG, that catechin, that I talked about, the antioxidant inhibits this bacterial endotoxin, which is producing those reactive oxygen species that are causing inflammation in the brain. This suggests that EGCG is a potent and effective neuroprotective agent in neurological disorders mediated by inflammation. The kicker is that almost every neurological disorder, including depression, is driven and mediated by inflammation. So with that said, this is why I push matcha so much is because it's so protective to the brain on every single front. The problem with that bacterial endotoxin that I mentioned, LPS, it affects the blood-brain barrier, so more inflammation is induced in the brain. So as I mentioned, family history of disease, brain disease. Look, my, my grandfather died of Parkinson's disease. That's why I drink matcha every single day. All right, what else? What other parts of the body? 
pancreas. It decreases blood sugar, increases sensitivity to insulin. Very, very important because I did a whole show talking about how blood sugar dysregulation in the system is implicated in so many different diseases. What about the liver? Dr. Asia Muhammad is gonna go into liver health, but really we know that matcha is helpful at assisting the liver in creating glucose for energy for you. It's reducing hepatitis, the inflammation of the liver. What I was recommending to so many people is if you drink alcohol, which so many of us do, anytime you drink alcohol, at the very least you should be drinking green tea before drinking alcohol and after drinking alcohol. It's very, very important green tea or matcha, right? So let's say you're drinking, you go out at night with your friends and you drink alcohol. I'm not gonna suggest drinking matcha at night. You're gonna stay up all night, maybe drink some green tea. But the next morning, it's very important to drink matcha. Why? You know, it reduces the reactive oxygen species, which are created by alcohol. The reason alcohol is so damaging to the body and is connected to seven different types of cancers, the reason why alcohol is known to have no safe level anymore. But now we know what it does in the body. So in particular, if we're drinking something that helps negate that oxygenation, reduces the inflammation known to be anti-cancer, that's gonna be super important if you are still drinking, okay? So make sure green tea or matcha if you drink alcohol before and after. What about your heart and blood vessels? The number one kill in America, right? Heart disease. It reduces oxidative stress and other stress response proteins in the vascular system and reduces those inflammatory pathways and helps on top of that strengthen the blood vessels. What about the gut? Reduces inflammatory cytokines, those proteins that are causing leaky gut. It reduces those inflammatory cytokines and increases glucose and lipid absorption, meaning you're absorbing your food better. What about colon? A lot of studies coming out with green tea and how it affects breast cancer, but also colon cancer. So it reduces tumor growth, the growth of blood vessels to the tumor, right? Because that's how tumors survive. They recruit something through a process called angiogenesis, more blood vessels so they can live. It reduces that process and also increases cancer cell death and reduces overall inflammation, which drives cancer. And it's amazing to me in all my years that there's a drink out there that can be protecting you from cancer and it's anti-inflammatory. And I didn't mention even the antibacterial effects, right? It can help balance bacteria and inhibit the growth of a particular one called P. gingivalis, Prevotella, Intermedia, and Nigrosense, and the adherence of P. gingivalis on the human buccal epithelial cells that cause plaque. In other words, when you're drinking matcha, it's reducing the adhesion of bacteria into those plaque colonies that are causing inflammation and damage to the gums and damage to the teeth, right? So a lot of dentists are big fans of matcha as your own inherent self-cleaning oral health optimizer. Amazing stuff. So we're talking about different parts of the body. Um, it also inhibits osteoclast formation, meaning that it reduces osteoclastic cells, meaning that those cells that break down bone, it helps reduce that process and prevent bone resorption. So it protects the jaw, right? Especially from gingivitis and, uh, and, and, and bone loss. Also reduces halitosis. It's also been shown to be antiviral. The immunomodulatory properties of green tea and its antiviral effect may support the prevention and regulation of immune response in infectious diseases. There's a lot of studies coming out. They're doing it right now. So we're gonna see just how matcha and green tea fight viruses. Okay, so uh, if you're not sold on green tea or matcha in particular, then um, try it out, try it out. And, and I'm, what I will say is this, the matcha you get at Starbucks, or, or what's another chain? 
uh, cafe, any other chain cafe that you're going to get matcha is not real matcha, especially the one at Starbucks. It's crazy. Look at it. Look into it. Ask them what's in there. You'll see that they use a matcha powder, but the matcha powder is mixed with sugar. So the reason why it tastes so sweet is because it's mixed with so much sugar. You're probably going to get 40 plus grams of sugar in a matcha drink. Make it at home right? Listen to the product review. I'll tell you which ones to get. Get those matchas, make it at home, make it a ceremony. It make it, You can make a latte, you could do a ceremonial matcha, but as long as you make it a ritual as part of and knowing and you're giving your body an agent that's going to be so healthy to every system in your body and doing right by yourself, that's amazing stuff. So check it out. Go to the product review. We're going to get into it. We're going to go talk about all the best and worst matchas out there and why and what we need to be looking for. So with that said, let's get to the product review. All right, the 2021 matcha powder review. So by now you're probably all experts because I spoke about matcha so much, but uh, let's make this a little refresher. And when it comes to green tea, it's tricky because it's definitely, definitely not all created equal. And what do we know? Well, it's heavily sprayed with numerous pesticides and organically grown and labeled matcha is important. It's like, it's like rice, for example green tea tends to be a sucker of heavy metals from the ground. And a lot of the ground, when a lot of companies will say a lot of these heavy metals are naturally occurring, in reality, a lot of the grounds and soil has been tainted by environmental pollutants, fertilizers, other toxins that are seeping into the ground that are not naturally occurring, right? That are to blame by us man and seeps into the food or into the matcha in this case. So we always have to look for arsenic, lead, cadmium, cobalt, mercury, aluminum, all the things that taint our green tea. Um, so today I'm going to go over some of the top quality brands out there so we know which ones to support and which ones to be drinking, right? If this is going to be in many ways medicinal for our health, right, especially every single day, it's going to be something that we lean on to help support us. We want to make sure that it's the cleanest and the highest quality. And you just heard me in the knowledge bomb talking about the importance of matcha. It's so powerful and it could and should be consumed daily for health. So here are some of the questions we ask the matcha companies. Is it organic? Where is it sourced from? Do they contain or test heavy metals, pesticides, microbes, mold? And uh, would they be willing to send that information over? So to kick off the 2021 review, here are some of the companies that were not responsive at all. So shouldn't be included in your matcha cabinet or green tea cabinet. Maida Inn, uh, Mighty Leaf, Sun Food, Superfood, Republic of Tea, Ujido, Moon Juice, Kayo Tea, Matcha Bar, Midori Spring, Bacha, Breakaway, Kenko, Gold Pure Matcha, Sun Life Organics, Pure Synergy, and Clean Program. All right, nothing from these companies. Do Matcha uh, may be a good company. We got too much of a runaround. We were told uh, in one to talk to one particular person, and finally when we got to that person, they said they won't be able to get to us till next week. They needed to talk to another person. So maybe a good company, but I'm not going to include them in the top ones. The thing about this for companies in general. You're either prepared and proud of the quality and purity of your product or you're not. You know, it shouldn't have, we shouldn't have to wait one month to talk to this higher up and this higher up and this higher up. In reality, there's a lot of companies that upon first contact, they go, yeah, we got it all. What do you need? We're proud of our quality. We're proud of our company. We're proud of how we source and we're proud of what we're putting out on the shelf. That's the companies we want to support, right? With that said, Dumacha, for example, can be really, really good. They just don't have their ducks in order. And 
what I'm promoting here is people who have their ducks in order and are doing right by us. No more chickens running around with their heads cut off. None of that. We don't want to run in circles. Ain't nobody got time for that anyway, okay? Either have the info or you don't. Pure Chimp was, eh, you know, they didn't give much details in their response. They say they're not organic, but pesticide-free, and they didn't share much information. It was blah. Jade Leaf sort of got an answer. They half answered our questions. Then when we asked for follow-up for more elaboration, they didn't get to us. New Me is uh, a more popular green tea, and they have a matcha tea, and they, it's organic, and it's coming from a family grower in Japan. And Numi only sources organic tea. They have not found any pollutants in the tea they source, and uh, they have robust microbial analysis for all their incoming materials. And they say that each lot of their tea undergoes rigorous lab testing from accredited laboratory with different validation methods and they test for all of the microbes and they follow FDA standards for heavy metals. Now, if you'll remember, FDA and Proposition 65 are very different. Proposition 65 levels for heavy metals are much more strict out here in California. Um, so I sort of go more straight on the spectrum. I, I stray more towards the Proposition 65 because um, we are inundated. We can be with different things in our diet, different powders in our smoothie. And then just by virtue of living in this world, we are exposed to heavy metals. So for me, it's can we have a quality product with the least amount that we're consuming every single day? And that's sort of the approach that I take. But when it comes back to the Numi tea, they say that their certificates are confidential but they assure us that the teas meet the US FDA current standards and uh, they're subject to random inspections. Okay, great. Um, I would have liked to see them though. A lot of these companies came out and say there's proprietary information. We know how that runaround goes. Regardless, other companies are able to share it. So whether it's a company policy or they're standing behind it and protecting themselves from proprietary information, it is what it is. Until they give transparency, they won't be included in the top. Edo N, Matcha Love, uh, they were responsive. They told us that the organic ceremonial matcha is one of their top quality products. They have high EGCG matcha which again is that therapeutic constituent that is very important, right? You can be drinking matcha with low EGCG and you're not getting much therapeutic benefit, right? So you wanna make sure it has high EGCG, that catechin in there, that is the uh, major antioxidant that we take in from the matcha. Low heavy metals, low pesticides, low microbes, that's what we're looking for, okay? They source from Japan. They've been recognized by Fortune 500 as one of the top 50 companies changing the world for sustainability and farming tea practices, amazing stuff. They did assure me that they do they test for quality control and they can't share anything, which is a bummer because I really want to get behind this company, particularly because um, of their sustainability and farming tea practices. But they, they say that they do raw testing and final product testing, which is good. But until they share that, I can't include them in the top ones, maybe next year. Rishi is uh, intriguing. They have an organic matcha tea. They do have high total polyphenols, um, those or those important antioxidants, those catechins that we want in our body. Um, they could do better as one of the top companies uh, if they offered the third-party testing. They didn't give any third-party testing to me or to their customers. And it seems like a good product. I would have rather just see a little bit more transparency from them. Again, maybe next year they'll be one of the top ones. Another intriguing one is Aya, A-I-Y-A. They were responsive. They told us where the matcha is sourced from. Um, it's sourced in Japan, 600 meters above sea level. They do offer the USDA organic. They say that the heavy metal and pesticide residue tests are conducted annually through a third-party laboratory. I think it should be conducted uh, more regularly, but additionally to mold and microbiological analysis is conducted on every lot 
on top of that for each grade of matcha, which they offer. And um, they test for radiation, which is really important, actually. Um, you'll, you'll hear that the top quality products do that too, or the top quality companies. And I is one of the companies that do that. So they make sure that their crops are safe for consumption. They do rigorous in-house testing. They have quality control department in Japan. And they directly ship to third-party laboratory out here in the States. They report through a laboratory, quality assurance manager, all, all the stuff you want to hear. But definitely the radiation testing is really important and awesome add-on that they're doing. What held them back from being one of the top companies is that, again, they're due to their company policy, they didn't share the testing results. So uh, I have to take the word for a company. And as you know, by now, I have some trust issues. So with that said, they sound really, really good. Um, so hopefully within the next year, they share their uh third-party testing, and then they make it to the top three. All right, let's talk about the top three. Here are the top three matchas, which I really, really uh, like. Um, the, this one that I'm going to mention is number three because my one criticism is that they need a higher level of EGCG over 100. They're, they land around between 50 and 70, which could be better. So we always want to make sure that we, if we're getting a quality product, it has high amount of therapeutic constituent. But matcha full is an organic matcha. They test for everything. They were transparent about their testing. Um, one of the top quality companies that I wanted to mention and proud to mention. So matcha full is a really good one. I think um, over the next year, one thing they could work on is increasing the potency of their therapeutic constituent EGCG. All right. The top two, you heard me talk about them before. And the reason why is because in my own independent testing outside of this show, I found them to be the top two and it stand true even during this investigation. Now, when I say top two, I would actually say they're tied for one and two. Um, Matcha Full is definitely not on this level yet, although they it seems like they're on their way, nor is Aya. But Encha and Peak are ones that I talk about all the time. Really good quality ones. We'll start with Encha. They come from their farm in Kyoto, Japan, and they have videos of the founder walking around. It's really cool. Uh, they rigorously test their matcha by independent companies for any impurities. They talk about the process on their website. Um, they have some of the highest levels of EGCG in the industry, very important. And they test their final product. They're transparent about all of their testing. They send all of their testing over. Everything looked clean. They're Proposition 65 compliant. Really, really good quality matcha. Um, the one that I have comes in a little zippy bag and I usually put a, about like a teaspoon, a teaspoon and a half. They have a nice ceremonial matcha kit that they send out with the beautiful, um, mixing whisk. Um, so it's, it's, it's really one, I only have two matchas in my house and this is one of them. The other one that I have is Peak. And, uh, again, I would say these two are tied for the best. Um, uh, Peak is really good too. Doesn't come in a bag. They have these little satchels. Uh, that you can just pour uh, into hot or cold water really e easily. It's soluble, so it's very easily mixed. Um, they source from Kagoshima, Japan, um, away from industrial pollution and radiation in Japan's first national park. And they triple toxin screen and test for purity, absorbability, and bioavailability, certified organic, uh, under strict Proposition 65 levels for heavy metals. They test for microbes and mold. And they test for the radioactive isotopes, which are really important too, that affect our DNA. So between the two, really amazing matcha companies. Remember, matcha is in many ways therapeutic to the body. It is medicine to the body. It is so powerful. It is so healing. So many evidence-based effects. So it's up to us to support companies 
that are doing right by us, that are giving us a top quality therapeutic constituent devoid of impurities, the best of the best. So here is my list. Really hope it was helpful. If you need to write down some notes, check out the websites when I'm while you're listening to the podcast. But definitely start integrating some more matcha into your life. Um, I will be putting out a matcha ebook, which is going to have a nice little matcha recipe, three different ways to do matcha, three different flavors, um, and I'll be sharing that in the near future. So. Without further ado, let's get to this special guest. I cannot wait to talk to Dr. Asia Muhammad today, talking about gut health, liver health, and all things in between. All right, everyone, today's special guest is someone I actually found on Instagram. So I, I click on her page and I open it up and I see just a slew of all of these posts that are super informative, super thorough, like I like it. And I go through the carousel and I see that like sh you are covering everything in there. So Dr. Asia Muhammad is a naturopathic doctor and she specializes in GI disease as well as liver disease. It's been a long time since I promoted a coffee because there's not that many good coffee brands. We got one of the best ones now on Heal Thyself. Are you ready to elevate your coffee game? And experience a brew that's not only delicious, but it's also health focused. Let me introduce you to Purity Coffee. You heard me review them in one of my first ever coffee reviews as one of the best, and then my second ever one as one of the best. And it's one of the best still. It's an ultimate choice for coffee lovers who, who prioritize taste as well as well-being. I'm gonna tell you what makes Purity Coffee stand out from the crowd. Every step in their process is rooted in health-focused principles backed by solid, scientific, research-based, rigorous testing. They use the finest specialty grade organic Arabica beans and then move on to small batch roasting, ensuring that each cup meets the highest standards of quality. But what really sets Purity Coffee apart from all the other coffee brands is their dedication, is my favorite, is their dedication to purity and safety. Their beans undergo third-party testing to ensure they're free of pesticides, toxins, and harmful mycotoxins, those pesky substances that can wreak havoc on your health, causing issues like liver and kidney damage, digestive problems, brain fog, and fatigue. Purity Coffee also has some of the highest antioxidant capacity, and this is important because we have to understand, coffee is actually really good for us when we're getting quality coffee. And the reason it's good for us and ensures so many benefits, especially heart health, is because of its antioxidant capacity. Purity has one of the highest antioxidants that you're going to find in coffee, giving you a powerful dose of healthy boosting compounds with every sip. Purity Coffee is grown on regenerative organic farms that prioritize soil health, animal welfare, and community well-being. They have certifications by USDA Organic, Rainforest Alliance, and Smithsonian Bird Friendly. You can also trust Purity Coffee is not only good for you, but also good for the planet. They have a range of roasts from their light medium roast with sweet fruity notes and their dark roast with rich bold taste. So to try out one of my favorite coffees in existence and one that I recommend to everyone still to this day, I've been doing it for years, is Purity Coffee. Go to puritycoffee.com and use the code DRG for 30% off of your first purchase. That is P-U-R-I-T-Y-C-O-F-F-E-E.com and use the code DRG for 30% off of your order. You know, living a long life is great. It is. We all want to live longer. But what's even better is living those years in good health, right? Free of the chronic diseases and the ailments. Unfortunately for many, the gap between lifespan and healthspan is way too wide. And we spent our last years ill, not enjoying our life to the fullest. And that's why I'm always into research-based products, quality supplements that are coming out to you, the highest, the best of the best, some of the best rigorously tested supplements. And one of my favorite companies across the board is Momentus. And they have two that I use every single day, creatine and collagen. These are the two powerhouses at work. I've been over and I've been working out more four times a week. I'm lifting heavy weights. And these are staples 
and I, and not just me, I think everyone should be out working out, building muscle, staples to muscle repair and muscle growth. But what sets Momentus apart from the rest is its clinically researched formulas. For the collagen, it delivers 15 grams of collagen, supporting your body in various ways. And it's not just one type of collagen, it's all the types of collagen, right? A lot of companies just have one type of collagen. You want all the types of your body's absorbing and utilizing this collagen the way you desire the body to use it. But boy, oh boy, the gold standard for working out, if you're not on this, you don't even have to be working out. You can use it for your brain. It's creatine. Momentous creatine is fantastic. There's no fillers, no additive, pure, effective ingredients you can trust. Trust is everything when it comes to supplements. Momentous third-party test. There's no surprises. What you see on the package is what you get. So if you're like me, you want to feel your body with the best of the best, go to livemomentous.com and use the code DRG for 15% off of creatine and collagen and all their top-notch products. That is L-I-V-E-M-O-M-E-N-T-O-U-S.com with the code DRG for your discount. So doc, thank you for coming on the show. I was so impressed with your Instagram. You were really jumping in there and, and like like you said, putting it out there. So everyone has everything they need. If they wanna argue with something, they open up the source, they read the study and then they argue for themselves. But I love what what made you decide to put out, put so much time into those posts to educate us? Like what what what's the driving force behind that? You know, it's interesting that you asked me that. You know, part of that is just me, honestly, just being a, I think part of it is just me being a black doctor and always feeling like people are going to be like, oh, she doesn't know what she's talking about or just questioning me and like how, like my, the legitimacy of me being a doctor. And so I think in my mind, I just thought, just give them all the information and then, you know, use citations and resources so that if they have an issue with what I'm saying, it's not what I'm saying, actually, it's what the literature is saying. So it's really not what I'm saying. Mm -hmm. But I think that's Which where it great. stems from, to be honest with you. So, yeah. And do do you find that there is that it's not only a commonality with you, but other minorities where we are driven by that same force uh, within oh, yeah. our community because it's a small yeah. community. Yep. Yeah, I a hundred percent believe that, and I think that you know it's it's unfortunate that that has to be the mentality. But I think the other side is that it kind of teases out this just level of intense detail that I think, you know, kind of takes you really far in terms of acknowledgement or even um, just kind of helping to build your practice up because people now, you know, recognize me as somebody who's not just giving them fluff, but I actually, you know, read the literature and I'm actually um, sourcing my information from legitimate spaces. So, you know, I think it adds to the, um, the level of professionality, to be honest with you. Yeah, it's excellent stuff. And there's a lot of people out there who maybe are on a tight budget, can't afford a naturopathic doctor, a functional doctor, but they have resources. Right. And, and again, I bring it back to like, uh, just starting off with the information you put out. It's so thorough that we can learn so much if we just take the time to stop and you know look into someone with like a page like yours where we can really learn about, all right, I have heartburn. My mm -hmm. doctor wants to put me on a PPI, mm -hmm. but I don't feel good about this. I read an article about this. What other information is out there? Right. And then you, for someone like you, is providing so many, so many details on why, where to look, what we can do about it, how we can alleviate it, and what to look for, which is yeah. amazing stuff. So I wanted to like open with that with a little gratitude because that I, I really do love your page. Thank you so much. Thank you. And I love all that you're doing. I, I really do enjoy your content and just helping to elevate the the space of holistic naturopathic and just medicine in general. So kudos to you. Mm -hmm. Thank you. Thank you. Much love. See, we're already, this is, this is the flow of love. This is how it's got to be, yes. right? Open hearted convos. Okay. All right. So look, you are in the middle of America 
And I want to know because listen, I have a I have a completely microscopic view of it's it's totally disproportionate out here. Everyone is drinking juice and going on jogs and <laughs> super active. And they, they I mean the the health food uh, store over here has like super high quality like supplements. It's something like you've never seen. That's my view on like all of the world and all of America. But but the truth yeah. of the matter is, is that when you go to Middle America, it's very different. You have it's a pulse on it. Can you just different. give us a view? Yeah, yes. t t tell us. So I live in the hood. Let's just start there. And there are no green juice shops anywhere mm -hmm. where I live. You have to go wow. out to the suburbs, you know, to these other areas where you have like a um, more of a holistic grocery store and they have these top quality supplements. But it's honestly like a 30 minute drive. And so I live in a food desert. Um, I think the, the, the store on my end of my corner street is just like a regular gas station store and they have like, you know, your regular junk food, but, um, the closest grocery store, even then it's, it's hard to find those types of like clean products, um, in the regular grocery store in the area I live in. But yeah, I mean, you can find green juices here, but you probably got to drive 30 minutes to get some. So, right, right. <laughs> So, so that I guess this begs the question. There's because I mean, there's a lot of people listening from all over the country. Mm -hmm. Where, when we are in a food desert, what are some of the tips you give your patients who are local? Mm -hmm. So, I typically will recommend people shop at like farmers markets. There are tons of farmers markets that are a little bit closer um, than like some of the grocery stores, and some of their produce is actually cheaper. Um, you have different like co-ops. I also recommend like just people starting their own gardens. There's like a big urban garden push right now. Um, so there's a lot of places you can find local fresh produce. You just got to search for it or know where, where it's um, being sold at. But it's not too terrible, but that's pretty much what I do. I do farmer's markets and then I um, look for little like um, co-ops as well. Mm -hmm. This that, that I was in uh, uh, Philly last summer, and where I used to live around there, I walk. I'm walking up the streets, and I go, "Where did this urban garden come mm -hmm. from?" It was like a whole block long. It was huge, mm -hmm. and there was people everywhere. But like, the uprising of that is really encouraging for me because I understand that not everyone has a high quality or right. organic produce market right up the street, you know? So the, I, I've been pushing farmer's markets lately a lot because nice. usually in, in, the, in every community, there's a small one or a close near nearby your community. There's one you can have access to where, you know, farmers may not be able to afford the organic label yet, but they are doing organic practices or really yep. good quality practices to ensure that it's good quality food. So um, yeah. I'm glad you tell your patients that that's really cool that, that they can be empowered like that. Mm-hmm. Totally. Okay, so you love gut health stuff, and you jumped in there. You came out. It's uh, you came out of school and like you really just focused, and 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 then you got into the liver, and we know that they function all in synchronicity, right? Especially for digestion. Yeah. But like, I guess I, the way I want to open this is. How are people presenting you right now in the clinic? What's going on? Are there a lot of young people with IBS, heartburn, bloating, um, liver disease? I just want to know what, what the population you're seeing is like, because um, there's a lot of young people who listen to this and they go, you know, my gut hasn't been right for 10 years. What's going on? Yeah, I see tons of young folks. I see middle-aged folks. Um, and honestly, a lot of them have just chronic GI dysfunction, and it's been like labeled IBS. I have some like IBD patients, so those are like your Crohn's colitis cases. Mm -hmm. um, and I got into GI medicine, I after I finished school in Arizona, I did a three-year residency with two gastroenterologists 
And I literally just saw thousands and thousands of GI cases and everything you can imagine from the upper, like heartburn, um, esophageal issues to lower, like, you know, um, uh, hemorrhoids and X, Y, and Z to the bottom end. So everything in between I've seen, including the range of like liver diseases. And so, you know, even when I was in residency, it was a lot of young folks um, like presenting with chronic GI dysfunction and they've had multiple scopes and you know, had all the function, I mean, the conventional testing performed and they were just given like, you know, your typical Linzess medications or your Amatizas or the ones that, the, um, the ones that are like anti-diarrhea. There's a new one out that I can't think of right now, but you know, they would work sometimes, but sometimes they would not work, they work too well and they're kind of back at square one. And so a lot, I see a lot of those kind of refractory cases, the ones that have seen all the specialists and all the doctors and they're like, nothing's wrong or take this medication that it's not working. So um, primarily I see a lot of like chronic functional GI issues. I mean, everybody that I see, there's some GI dysfunction. I also see like fatty liver disease. Now I will say about the fatty liver disease, most of those, the clientele that I see with fatty liver are like 50 or above. And I'm not sure if that's because at such a young age, like 20s, 30s, or even teens, you know, people aren't getting like, you know, screening for fatty liver disease. They're not having abdominal ultrasounds unless it's like, you know, gallstones or something. And then they incidentally find, oh, you have fatty liver. But most people who I see with fatty liver are, I would say 50 and up, maybe some 40s. And um, it's just crazy because we're seeing fatty liver in younger people. And I remember seeing a case of cirrhosis in a 30 year old. And, you know, once you have cirrhosis, it's like the liver is like a raisin pretty much. It's like shriveled up from so much scar tissue. And once you have cirrhosis, it's pretty much like a 10-year timestamp on, on your life to where they say you pretty much have 10 years from, you know, diagnosis of cirrhosis until death. Um, so I see, I've seen that one case of a young 30-year-old, but other than that, everybody's like older. Um, and I don't really see too much cirrhosis. It's more so like different stages of fibrosis um, instead of like full-blown cirrhosis of the liver. Mm-hmm. So let's go, let's go back to the fatty liver part mm -hmm. in general, because well, a lot of us go, why do I have fatty liver? If, they, if we are diagnosed with it, why do I have fatty liver? I don't even drink alcohol. Are there other causes of fatty liver that you see? Uh, primarily diet and lifestyle. So lack of exercise, um, poor dietary choices, primarily like juices and sodas. You know, I am a hundred percent convinced that high fructose corn syrup is one of the leading reasons for fatty, non-alcoholic fatty liver disease, because fatty liver disease does present an alcoholic liver disease. It looks exactly the same, but the only difference is alcohol is the culprit. But in um, non-alcoholic fatty liver disease, you have the same um, inflammatory phases of the liver caused by just dietary components. And, you know, fructose is a, is a sugar found in nature. But if you look at the content of fructose in fruit, it's not the same in terms of the percent that you find in like um, juices or sodas and, you know, patients consume like so much ju juice or soda and the fructose goes straight to the liver because you have the highest amount of fructose receptors in the liver. So it's going to just go there. And then what the body doesn't need to use as energy, it's going to, you know, store it as fat and then you have fatty liver disease. Mm -hmm. So when you say juice, are you talking about like oh, I should apple juice, it. orange juice, concentrated, you know, uh, um, jamba juice? What are, what are we talking? 
Right. I'm talking about like, um, I don't know if it's like just called processed juice, but you know, the juice, you read the ingredients and it's like all these added things. It's not like fresh, yeah. like squeezed juice or fresh press. It's like those, I can't think of the brands. So they have all these different like cran lemonade, cran, all these different flavors of cranberry juice. Right. I don't know why that brand sticks out. But um, the first ingredients like high fructose corn syrup, I think, I'm not sure if Capri Suns have high fructose corn syrup in them, but all these juices and kids drink so much juice these days. I went to this like mm-hmm. hepatology conference once and, and these like hepatologists, liver doctors were complaining about um, the amount of fatty liver we're seeing now in pediatric patients like kids. And so if you yeah. think about that and fat and then what the, the, the accumulation of fat basically is going to start causing inflammation. And then by the time these kids get to their 20s and 30s, they already have fibrosis of the liver where their liver is scarred up because of all the damage. That's just terrifying to hear because when you hear about fibrosis or cirrhosis, you think of chronic alcoholism up to your 50, 60 years old, and yep. then you're you're suffering with that or maybe hepatitis. But you know, not a lot of people. We had um, Dr. Michael Gorin, and he wrote the book Sugar Proof, which talks about uh, how kids are over-consuming sugar. And he spoke a little bit about fatty liver disease mm-hmm. in children. And it's just so eye-opening that children now are dealing with that. Now, it, when we talk about fatty liver disease, the the risk you're saying is that it leads to fibrosis, which can lead to cirrhosis at like 30, 40 years old, yeah? Oh, yeah. And then so having cirrhosis puts you at risk for hepatocellular carcinoma, which is liver cancer. Um, mm-hmm. I, the percent of patients with cirrhosis that actually develop liver cancer, I think it's like 3% or less. Um, and But still, I mean, nobody wants to have cirrhosis. I mean, that in and of itself is a big deal to deal with. And I've seen cirrhotic right. patients and they're on medications to help them poop because if they don't poop, they get too much nitrogen, too much gas is accumulated and they develop mm-hmm. something called hepatic encephalopathy where their brain kind of is like mm-hmm. a drunk state, but it, it's not drunk. There's so much like ammonia just hanging out because the, the body can't filter it out. They have to be on so many medications. Like it's cirrhosis in and of itself is a big deal to deal with. So yeah. I had I had a friend die from hepatic encephalopathy mm-hmm. uh, a few years ago, and it mm-hmm. was just that. It was the ammonia in the brain that killed him. Yeah. And it, it's just talking about liver. So, all right. So there's a lot of people listening, viewing. They go, all right, my my child loves Capri Sun. What are some healthier options? How do we make sure that we protect our children's liver early on? Yeah. I would say the biggest thing is like the first step is just reading those ingredients. I mean, the good thing is nowadays there are so many like comparable healthy options that taste just as delicious. I mean, I was in the store the other day and they weren't Capri Suns. There's some other brand, but they say on the bottle like 40% less sugar and X, Y, and Z than leading brands. So even just paying attention to those things, um, I think it makes a world of a difference in just avoiding high fructose corn syrup and honestly, everybody, in my opinion, but, you know, significantly limiting it or just avoiding it completely. And, and I, I love that you say that. And there's a lot of people out there who go, whoa, I'm, I'm really scared of fruit for my kids because someone told me that fruit has a lot of sugar. You mentioned a little bit about the fructose in, in, in uh, fruit, but can we just expand a little bit on mm-hmm. it? Because I sort of want to reiterate to the audience that our kids are very much so okay having fruits versus the high fructose corn syrup drinks that you were talking about. So maybe we can clarify a little bit about the safety of fruits. Yeah, fruits are wonderful. Um, Fruits are high in fiber. They are high in polyphenols and flavonoids, which are plant antioxidants that have been studied in a wide array of diseases. They're actually um, 
preventable, you know, I mean, they're actually a key part of preventable, preventing chronic diseases. So I think if anything, that will help out the situation instead of like harming the child's body. Um, and like fruits have fiber in them. We hear this all the time, like fiber slows the entry of sugar into the bloodstream. So you're not going to have those like immediate spikes that you have with like these high sugary drinks that also associated with, you know, metabolic disease, such as diabetes and um, um, obesity, weight disparity. So yeah, I think that fruits are definitely a healthier option than, you know, refined juices. And then the, like the fructose content in fruit in nature, I think, like, I'm not sure if it's like apple or what fruit it is, but there it's so such a low percent. I don't think it's above 15%. I think it's like five to 10% of the fructose content it's found in like natural fruit versus like high fructose corn syrup. It's like can be 50 to 80% fructose, depending on how they fractionate it and put it into, you know, a drink. And so when you think about that, taking all that fructose in, it's going straight to the liver versus a smaller amount in an actual fruit combined with fiber actually is slowing the entry into the bloodstream. So it's not the same ball game at all. Amen that you said that. Isn't it interesting how nature knows how exactly. to perfect its food? It's amazing. <laughs> it blows my mind. Like nature is so brilliant. Even where you find these fruit, they're harder. They're, they don't grow on the ground. You know what I mean? The ones that grow on the ground, like your berries are the really rich antioxidant, you know, fruit. And then like your apples and your peaches and like bananas, they grow higher up. So you have to put in more effort to even get them, which in my mind makes me think maybe I don't need, you know, to be eating these in high amounts if it takes so much effort to get them versus what's lower on the ground, like easy, like low hanging fruit. So that's how I right, think about right. It, you know? Yeah, that's so. That's uh, that's an aspect of nature that I never even thought about. It's uh, the work we put in to get those fruits versus the ones lower to the ground. Mm -hmm. Whereas maybe we can eat those fruits after we have a workout, exactly. or we go on a, a long yes. walk, or something, or we're mentally exhausted. Even yeah, um, really, really awesome way of looking at at fruits like that. Okay, so the I, I've had people come in here talk about gut health. It's always. No, no, the center of so much when uh -huh. it comes to healing and how many of us can heal when our gut's a mess? I would say none of us. Our mm -hmm. gut has to be in alignment. What is the number one complaint that you get from people coming into your clinic when it comes to gastrointestinal health? Um, I would say bloating is a big one. Um, and then like just changes in bowel habits, um, but bloating and like maybe loose or bloating and constipation are the biggest ones that I see in terms of like chronic GI symptoms. I see everything, you know, bloody stools or like nausea, vomiting, like in GI health, but bloating is probably the biggest thing. I want to talk about bloating and constipation because a lot of people have spoke to me about that too. Um, I suffer from bloating every now and then, you know, we've got some mm -hmm. awesome remedies, but like when we talk about the work that we do as naturopathic doctors, we're talking about root cause. We're talking right. about, let's get to the bottom of it, move out all the leaves, move out all the brush, the dirt, and then we get to the root. What are some of the root causes of bloating? Um, pancreatic insufficiency, uh, where the, I just call it like lazy pancreas, where the pancreas is not putting out enough like um, enzymes to help with the digestive process. So people will have like intense bloating after eating. Uh, they'll have like oily stools and you can get a simple like stool elastase test from your doctor or have a functional medicine doctor perform it and it'll evaluate your exocrine pancreatic function. Um, that's one that I see that it's often missed. I see tons of like dysbiosis would probably be the second um, well, actually, dysbiosis would be the first. Maybe pancreatic insufficiency is like second. Mm -hmm. But dysbiosis, I mean, everybody's gut is like dysbiotic. I've yet to see one gut, including mine, and I'm embarrassed to say because I'm like 
I love gut health, but like everybody's <laughs> gut is like dysbiotic. I just discovered I have like pretty much no acromantia mucinophila bacteria, which is devastating. So um, I see that one really low in people. Um, I see tons of other like probiotic beneficial families, like your bifido or your lacto families, like pretty much non-existent for some people. I mean, there's something there, but it's so small that it's not going to make a difference health-wise. Um, that's what I typically see. Usually people who have like such severe intestinal dysbiosis have years of gut issues, years of use of like NSAID medication, years of use of like um, antibiotic or just poor dietary habits. Um, mm. Yeah, I see a tons of intestinal permeability or increased intestinal permeability. And I do like functional stool tests. So I use those tests to kind of give me some objective measurement of that. Yeah. Okay. So a lot of people are like, the stool test, I mean, can I go to my GI right now? Can I go to my uh, PCP and ask for a stool test? Or mm -hmm. I, I know a lot of people do try that and they go, no, we don't do those. Is there a large gap between that being mainstream and uh, are we looking for naturopathic or functional doctors to do that test? And what's your favorite test? Now let's chat about something crucial that is omega-3s. You know I'm all about keeping clean and pure when it comes to products, as well as food on my plate. But when it comes to supplements, right, we have to make sure we have the best of the best, but especially when it comes to omega-3s. And, and I really mean it. Omega-3s are some of the most adulterated supplements that exist out there. And a lot of companies aren't doing it right. We need omega-3s for our heart, for our brain, for our eye health. You might not be getting enough nutritionally. When it comes to Peori, it's a quality brand, not only just with omegas across their whole line. They're extremely transparent. Every batch undergoes rigorous testing against over 200 contaminants, and you could check the results for yourself. And that's one of my favorite things. You can scan the QR code and look at the batch that is right in front of you that is on your shelf or in your counter, and you can see the results for this quality testing. Puris O3 Ultra Pure Fish Oil delivers a potent dose of EPA and DHA without any unnecessary extras. Now, Puri is offering 20% off of their O3 Ultra Pure Fish Oil, the one that I take every single morning, and all their fantastic products to you, the Heal Thyself listener. That's 20% off even the already discounted subscription price. I want you to go to Puri.com. Use my promo code DRG. That's P-U-O-R-I.com slash DRG to take care of your health with some of the best omegas out there by Puri. These days... These days, it seems like everyone is carrying on a beverage, whether it's soda or flavored water, or kombucha or coffee or tea, but not all beverages are created equal when it comes to quality and health benefits. That is why I become obsessed with Peaks Sun Goddess Matcha. I've been using this for, it's one of the first supplements I really invested in. It's four years ago, probably. And it's not just any old matcha powder. We're talking organic ceremonial grade matcha tea that has been meticulously screened for pesticides, heavy metals, mold, and even radioactive isotopes. Peak takes no shortcuts. Their matcha is cultivated by ninth degree tea masters in Kagoshima, Japan, using century old traditions. Their plants are shaded for 35% longer than usual to maximize the production of vital compounds like L-theanine for calm, steady energy and chlorophyll for its detoxifying anti-aging properties. I start every morning with a frothy cup of sun goddess matcha, not just for energizing my body, you know, we all want to get that caffeine kick. Yeah, okay. But for the amazing gut health, metabolism boosting and antioxidant benefits. The phytonutrients nurture my digestive system. The EGCG compounds help my body burn calories efficiently. And the chlorophyll gives my skin the awesome reading. You see I'm glowing right now, right? That's because of the matcha. There's perfectly proportioned packets that are easy to mix with water whenever I need to pick me up. So easy to make a consistent self-care ritual. Peak is offering you, the Heal Thyself listener, 15% off of their sun goddess matcha 
plus a free beaker and a rechargeable frother when you go to peaklife.com slash DRG. They're so confident that you're going to love it. There's even a 30-day money-back guarantee. No code at checkout. Just go to P-I-Q-U-E-L-I-F-E.com slash DRG. You're going to get 15% off plus all those freebies. Yeah, I definitely think there's a huge gap. Um, a lot of doctors don't really acknowledge, I won't say a lot of doctors, a lot of um, conventional doctors don't really acknowledge the functional test. And, you know, when I was in residency, they were both MDs that I was I trained under and they were like, listen, we just don't know, don't know what these tests mean, you know? And they were honest, they were like, we didn't learn this. I have no idea what this is. I just think that this is ahead of what we actually know. So, you know, with that being said, you would think there'd be a huge jump to learn it, but I guess it just doesn't really care for some doctors. Um, but I, I typically will run the test or you can have a functional medicine doctor run it, a naturopathic doctor run the test. Um, I use um, I use two different companies. I use Vibrant Wellness. I use their Gut Zoomer. I actually use three different companies. I use Vibrant Wellness. Um, I use Genova sometimes. And then I also use Microbiome Labs test. Lately, I've been using a lot of the um, Vibrant just because I find that their leaky gut kind of combination panel, along with their intestinal inflammation markers, there's just more there for me to look at and evaluate. And for example, the other day, I had a case of a woman who has a previous history of abdominal procedures and we did a gut zoom. I knew something was going to come back and she had like five out of the seven inflammatory markers elevated, right? Now, if you see that, it's like, okay, go get a colonoscopy done because there's obviously some inflammation happening. Is it Crohn's? Is it colitis? I know she doesn't have those things because of her history that's been ruled out, but there's something else that's happening in her gut that's causing her to be inflamed. Now, she got a stool test from her general like gastroenterologist or primary care doctor. That test may not check all those different markers. So you're like, they can check a calprotectin, which is a marker of like um, inflammation in the colon. They'll check that. But this test looks at like six different actual um, inflammatory markers in the gut. So if that test said, oh, it's negative, there could still be inflammation, you know, because these mm -hmm. other markers are elevated. So sometimes things get missed because you're not getting the full scope of information relative to your body. So I use Vibrance test. I just find it to be really useful. Um, it checks the pancreatic elastase as well. Um, I had someone who had terrible stools for years, seen all these doctors, no real change. And I did this test and it was like a really low um, pancreatic elastase, which lets me know that their pancreatic function is not optimal. And I gave them just simple enzymes and literally overnight the bowels changed, bloating went away, right? Imagine having years of issues and realizing you only needed digestive enzymes, which are mm. like less than 20 bucks over the counter. So mm -hmm. I find them to be extremely useful, the functional GI tests. Awesome. Yeah. A lot of people have been, there's been a major trend. I, I know that people are asking for Hey, can we do a poop test? And right. can you tell me what's going on with my gut? And I've done many before when I was in practice, and it, nice. it was very much so telling to see how much inflammation is going on in the gut. Mm -hmm. Talking about diversity, it can show us some markers of leaky gut. It's just great to get an idea. Um, well, you mentioned the pancreatic insufficiency, and a lot of people, this may be their first time hearing it. Why? Why does our pancreas just go, I'm lazy today, I'm lazy tomorrow, I'm lazy for the next five years, <laughs> and I'm not going to shoot out those really important digestive enzymes to break down fats and carbs and what's going on? Yeah. So one thing you find with like um, low or pancreatic insufficiency, there's associations with um, pancreatitis, which is like history of like pancreatic inflammation. Now it's somewhat impossible, I'll say that, it's, it's hard to have pancreatitis without like actually knowing you had pancreatitis. Like it's a really intense, painful, episodic 
um, happening where you have intense like pain in your epigastric or middle of your abdomen region. Mm-hmm. And usually it leads most people to the hospital because it's so painful and they test their enzyme levels and they're through the roof or something. But um, usually it resolves on its own. But people who have history of recurrent like pancreatitis or pancreas inflammation, they will have like a, a lower functioning pancreas. It's just kind of burnt out. Um, sometimes you also see associations with people who have history of gallbladder like um, disease, also just poor um, gut health, right? Your pancreas kind of sits at the spot where it deposits its enzymes and all of its like solutions into the small intestine. So I think mm-hmm. that for me, when I see people with like pancreatic insufficiency and they don't have a history of um, uh, like chronic pancreatitis, I'll think about just chronic inflammation. Um, in the in the body kind of leading to the pancreas being more sluggish because you shouldn't really need to take exogenous enzymes for pancreatic function. I mean, it should be doing its job, but the pancreas has, right. you know, endocrine and exocrine. It has dual function. So um, maybe it's just burned out for some people, which makes you think mm-hmm. of chronic inflammation. Yeah, it, it's, so, it's so interesting to hear because we learn how important the pancreas is real quick aside from insulin. We learn how it's so, so important when it comes to digestion. And I know for me, if there's, it it kind of waxes and wanes, right? Like sometimes I'll be, I don't need pancreatic enzymes, but I, sometimes I know, like I just feel it in my body. I'm about to have a big meal, not to eat. Let me bring my pancreatic enzymes with me. I always have them like in my bag or my car and I can use them and they're really, really, really helpful. Yeah. Um, one thing I found also helpful for me, and you may find in your patients, you, you give this, you tell them too, is just stopping. Like what I found is that I got in such deep of a habit of having my phone next to me while I was eating and like answering mm. comments or sending DMs mm-hmm. or sending emails, like completely being present, activating parasympathetic. I, I, now, instead of like, you know, I know some people pray over their food, I'll do like 10 breaths. Yeah. Right, right before and then eat and then make sure that I'm choosing to chewing till it's completely pulverized where I don't even nice. feel chunks of food and then I swallow. That has been a game changer for me. Nice. Simple, right? Like simple yeah. stuff, free, you know. But um, how how many people are you finding? Are you finding people are just like now in this day and age just completely distracted when they're eating or eating on the go? And tell us, what does that do to your system when you're digesting? I mean, completely distract. I mean, there's so much research around like the mindful practice, like mindfulness and being just kind of fully immersed in the process of eating and how that changes the digestive flow. There's literature actually demonstrating how when we're in like a stressed state of mind, how there's less secretion of your stomach acids, right? So your food is not actually being properly digested. So maybe in the sense, after it shoots out of the stomach and goes into the duodenum, there's some overwork mechanism happening for the pancreas to push out more enzymes to break food down because it wasn't broken down in the stomach. But all of those types of distractions are a type of stress response that we are inducing while we're trying to rest and digest. So um, yeah, that's how that can affect your digestive function. You can actually slow your bowels down um, in a stressful state of mind as well. Mm-hmm. So three three things right now we can do to relax our body before we eat. Oh, are you asking me or are you going to go? Yeah, I'm asking. I want to know. <laughs> three things you can do is I think be in a... Um, relaxed space or a stress-free space um, when you're eating. I think also being mindful of your breathing pattern. Sometimes like people have a habit of like not breathing 
while we're eating. And I do this sometimes too, where I just get caught up and I just like have to remember to breathe. It sounds wild, but um, breathing, you know, being mindful of your environment. And I think like you said, chewing your food, like chewing your food is so important to the digestive process. I mean, it eases up a lot of tension and stress on the GI tract when your food is, you know, properly chewed um, starting at the, at the mouth. Perfect. That's so easy and it's free and it could be a game changer, right? Even before like, it's so crazy. We can show up to a gastroenterologist going, I'm bloated. Not even maybe get pancreatic enzymes. Maybe we maybe we're diagnosed with H. pylori. Okay, right, we go right. through the antibiotic course, but then we have we we also have some stomach acid issues. Right. And then we take PPIs. We're on this chain of just medication. When mm-hmm. you mean to tell me, I just needed to sit down, be mindful with my food, eat, yeah. eat slowly, breathe, you know, and coming back to that where food was more of like or eating was more like a communal ritual, yeah. right? Where mm-hmm. we weren't on our phones. We definitely weren't in our car eating from a Pyrex on our way to the next <laughs> meeting, but we're just present with it. So it's such an amazing opportunity. I always tell the story that the best apple I ever ate was when I was, when my phone died on the way to New York City and I was just me and my damn apple. That's a, that's <laughs> I, a, I had 30 minutes to eat an apple. That's an t- excellent title for a book, actually. Right? I like me that. and my damn apple? Yes. No, the, the day, what did you say? You said the best apple I ever ate. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. The, the day my phone died, yeah. And it was so, being present like that just changed the game for food. So it was really it cool. It really does. Um, yeah, yeah. So a lot of people I find when I was in practice were coming and going, I'm super constipated. And I found it was a lot in women. Mm-hmm. Can you speak about the patient population you see that present with, pop, uh, with constipation? Is it a lot of women... And, and what are some of the reasons you think that we're really, because a lot of people are like, yeah, no, I exercise, I move around, I drink some water, but what are some other issues that we may not know that are causing constipation? Yeah, so the primary um, group of people that I see with constipation and GI issues, it is women actually. And I, I'm not sure what the exact mechanism is, but you know, when it comes to like just the physiology or the um, anatomy, right? You know, you have hormone receptors throughout the entire gut. Right. So I'm not sure if there's a huge kind of conversation happening around that in the digestive process. I'm pretty sure there is. I see people who have like really low hormone levels, like once they get to that perimenopausal menopausal space and we will give them um, just like micronized progesterone and that changes their bowel habits. Right. So, you know, there's a hormone component to this. um, But for most people, when it comes to constipation, I just see like no, like no, or like really low fiber in the diet. I mean, that's pretty much what I see. Mm. Even when I do like the stool test, I'll see like really low butyric acid, which is a, like an energy source for the colon, but it's produced directly from fiber and bacteria in the diet. So if you're not eating fiber, you're not going to produce it. The colon cells are not going to be energized. They're not going to want to do anything like move your poop down your gut. So, um, fiber is the biggest one that I see. For lack of fiber. Fiber. Yes, yes. And our, my uh, my friend, Dr. Will Bolshewitz, who's going to be on the show, he wrote Fiber Fueled. Nice. And he spoke it's about all book. of the science. Yeah, all mm-hmm. the science of fiber and why we need it. And um, and just how, it, just think about like the, what is the recommended daily allowance like for 25. fiber? Like 25. 25 grams a day, I think, is, is the amount that's recommended. And, and, and what did we eat evolutionarily? Like 90, 100? Exactly, exactly. It, like, ancestrally? In African populations, you see some of the lowest rates of like colon cancer and they have like some of the highest intakes of fiber in their diet. Like they're getting at least 50 grams of fiber a day. We're like, we're not even getting 25 here in America. Right. 
double what we eat. And they're getting their hands on all this fibrous root vegetables, mm-hmm. right? Yep. And, like they are eating it. And I, I would love, I would love for you and me to fly to those let's, populations yes. and do some poop tests. Let's Let, just, listen, let's just that, do a bunch of poop yes, tests. Yes, let's just do a bunch of poop tests. I am down for that life. <laughs> that, that would be so cool. But, but understanding, like for me, it's like if someone presents with gut issues, I go, how much fiber are you having? And, mm-hmm. and like if you're having none to take it slowly slowly introducing right. more and more fiber and then the diversity what about diversity how important is that in, the, in gut health overall and that microbiome it's really important when you look at populations with like longer lifespans and you look at populations that are healthier meaning they don't have like the chronic um like metabolic diseases you find here you do find higher biodiversity in their gut bacteria um and you like when i do a lot of patients like stool tests i'll see that they pretty much concentrate between a few families and most of us do concentrate between a few bacterial families but in these like really sick populations you see like a major shift um towards some of the like family categories and it's like you need all different types of bacteria um, in your gut in terms of that biodiversity and increasing mm-hmm. the amount of butyric acid and anti-inflammatory products that are made in the gut from gut bacteria. Yeah. So it, it just, there you go. Fiber and diversity, two things that we mm-hmm. can add. That's why I say the rainbow, fruits and vegetables. Yep. They, if you think about it at the end of the day, did I eat all those colors? you're already lending to more diversity in your diet. Even if you don't get all the colors one day, maybe the next day you do. And that's going to be really helpful for the gut. So thank you like for just dropping that knowledge. Um, Before we wrap up, Doc, Mm -hmm. what are, I I want to know three tips to optimize our gut and our liver health. What are three things? Actually, since, since gut is so big, three tips and then one for liver health too. We want to know overall, what are some of the things we can do to after this, interview, people can go, you know what? I, I need to, I need to start doing that. I'm, I'm inspired now. Nice. Yeah. So for gut, I would say is ensuring intake of like prebiotic foods and prebiotics. I just described them as like fertilizer for the garden. So probiotics would be if you put fresh dirt on your garden, prebiotics would be like putting fertilizer to help the dirt you already have in the garden. So I would say prebiotics um, would be the first thing I'd recommend and that will help grow the bacteria you do have there. Um, You can get really specific prebiotics to grow specific types of bacteria. Um, That'd be number one. Number two is just having more fruits and veggies in your diet. I never really recommend somebody just throw a ton of fiber in because it can constipate you and bloat you. I usually say titrate like five grams a week and go up from there. Um, So prebiotics, fiber, And then the last thing I would say, um, don't strain on the stool. Like I usually say something else when people ask me like for tips, but I would say don't strain because a lot of people have um, like rectal bleeding as due to hemorrhoids. And a lot of it has to do with like being constipated and straining on the toilet. So if you have to sit on the toilet and really strain, it's not even worth it. I mean, you might as well just take something to help soften your stools and get it out versus trying to push it out. Because you can kind of hemorrhoids are like a varicose vein in the bottom end. So it, it looks like that, just like kind of a, a, um, a loose vein in the bottom end and mm-hmm. you can cause it to bleed. And I've seen people bleed a ton uh, from just having rectal hemorrhoids. So don't strain on the toilet. Those mm-hmm. are my three gut tips. Okay. And how about one for the liver? We want to know. Um, we gotta know. Okay, one for the <laughs> liver is <laughs> soda is toxic waste. Avoid soda. High fructose corn syrup sweetened sodas. Avoid them at all cost. That's my one liver tip. Amen. 
Amen. And the, the just removing soda from the diet, what it does to your overall yes. health. We're going to talk about liver now. Now it's just everything. It's just like, that's the move. And thank you so much for yeah. dropping that knowledge. All right, Doc, where can people find you? Um, and, and just if at people are listening, they go, I really resonate with what she says. I want to know more. Where can we find you? Yeah, you can find me on Instagram is where I post most of my content. It's just Dr. Dr. Muhammad, M-U-H-A-M-M-A-D. And then my website is just my name, www.asianmohammed.com. And there's tons of free info on Instagram and um, more, more conversation there. And you take patients where? I take patients virtually. So I only do like see like 10 clients or 10 new clients a month just because I really do try to dedicate as much time as possible to each case. So I do do virtual clients and you can just like sign up on my website or um, do like your initial interest form there. Amen. I love that, Doc. Thank you so much for the work you're doing. And like I mentioned, I'm obsessed with your Instagram. You put out so much good information. I love that we had this convo next time in person when you come out to LA, all right? Yeah, that's right. I'm getting some green juice and walking distance green juice. <laughs> exactly. It, well, I'll show you all of the walking distance health food stores from the studio <laughs> and, and, and you'll be in another world. But I can't wait to show you that. Thank you so much, Doc. Thanks for really having me. Thanks for all that you're doing. You're welcome. Amazing guest segment with Dr. Asia Muhammad. She's so knowledgeable. You can see what a way to present information with a balance of science and making it personable to all of us. So many of us suffer with gut issues, gut health. I really would urge you to go check out our website. It's super chock full of information, super powerful stuff. And check out our Instagram as well. With that said, thank you for joining the show. And always, please support the show. Rate, review, subscribe. If you have not yet, take one second of your time. It makes a big difference for all of us and it helps us become more visible to empower many, many more people. Thank you so much and I'll see you next week.